Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, as I promised yesterday, explosive new information, legit information I got from a great source on this whole Spygate debacle. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Some more media madness. The media cannot find out what to do with Joe Biden. Do we report on Joe Biden? Do we not report about Joe? I thought Me Too mattered. Or is it Me Too, but not if it's Democrats? Not me too. They don't know if it's me too or not. They cannot figure that out. Got that story. A little follow up on Jim Comey and a little bit of a warning about these continued economic shutdowns. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stop putting your online data at risk. Get a VPN today. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Good to go. Good to go. Lots to go. So let's not waste any time. Crap yes, around. please. Joe is, I'm, we're trying our best <laughs> to get Joe to record a YouTube version of uh, the Soviet national anthem <laughs> yesterday, which we received. If you missed yesterday's show, check it out. Thank you for all the hilarious yes, feedback on that. <laughs> that That's the new uh, theme song of the uh, tech tyrant. <laughs> the, so, the Soviet Union, the new tech tyrant theme song. So we're working on that for you. Thanks for the feedback. Today's show uh, brought to you by getting to the content. Our friends at GenuCell. Hey, you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gents. People look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put GenuCell's jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I am blown away. With Chamonix MDL technology, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin on the neck area for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. You'll see your mirror smile back at you or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Order GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment absolutely risk-free and get a second month for half price. And for results in 12 hours or less, got a date, whatever, GenuCell's immediate effects is also yours free. Order online for an extra $30 discount. Online orders only. Just use my promo code DAN30. That's DAN30 at checkout. Go to GenuCell.com. They're a New Jersey company and they're donating $10,000 a week to local food banks. You can help by contributing directly. No purchase necessary. Just go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Use promo code DAN30 at checkout. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. Hey, ho, let's go. Ding, ding. Okay, story number one, because this really has concerned me. Again, I understand in the beginning, given the uncertainty surrounding the Wuhan virus, its fatality rate, its lethality rate, the level of contagiousness, as I've said, the R0, look up that term. It's really interesting. You'll find out some of the most infectious diseases in the history of humankind have this figure called an R0 or an R0. How many people in a virgin environment without um, any kind of immunity will be infected by one carrier? The measles, it turns out, is one of the most infectious diseases known to man. It's interesting. But we didn't know that in the beginning, how contagious this was. So I get it. And I understand the precautionary principle there. Now that we have a decent grasp on vulnerable populations, who this is going to affect, what that or not is, how fatal this is, uh, and like I said, what populations are most at risk. I think it's clear now, judging that these economic lockdowns, that extended economic lockdowns may be the biggest public policy disaster in the history of humankind. Digest that for a minute, because what I said to you matters. Yeah. You cannot judge the decision to lock down an extended lockdown. I don't disagree in the beginning with some of the initial decisions while we still had a grasp on this. It's not me covering for anybody. There was a lot of uncertainty. It's now been a month. We have a solid grasp about what this virus does and what it doesn't do. 
extending these lockdowns, I'm telling you, is going to go down in history as the worst public policy calamity in human history, where for one of the first times in a really, really long time, one of the most consequential decisions was made without any, any idea of weighting risks. Remember, I cited to you Holman Jenkins a while ago, who, who accurately summed this up. We are not anyone saying to you and viewing this as a black or white decision, Joe, lock it down, the economy, or you want people to die. In other words, black and white, mm-hmm. discount those people. They're not, they're unserious people. I'm sorry. And if that's you, I'm really sorry that I've had to wake you up. That's not a serious thing. That's not how this is. You're weighing bad options. It's not this or that. In terms of lock it down or people, people are going to die either way. Right. The yeah. question you're saying is, if we lock it down, will more people die from your lockdown than from the actual virus? What do I mean by that? Look at this article at the Daily Caller. Did anybody think this through? Now, granted, to be fair, this is written by a company. I'm not knocking them, but they do have a vested interest in obviously maintaining the food supply for their own profitability. Having said that, don't disregard the article just because it's written by a company, Tyson Foods, that obviously has a vested interest in the production of food and the sale of it. Daily Caller, Chris White, be in the show notes today. Please read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter, sign up. I'll send these show notes right to you. Tyson Foods issues a dire warning in a full-page New York Times ad. These lockdowns are threatening the U.S. food supply. Again, I get it. I get it. Please, you're always free to email us. I enjoy your feedback. I really do. You matter to me a lot. We read most of it. You know, we can't read all of it, unfortunately. We get but we read most of it. I get it. Tyson Foods has a vested interest here. It's not a knock on them. They're a company. They sell food. They want, of course, make sure that they're protected too here. But disregarding their warning, and the warning is this, the food supply chains, All have certain links, production, distribution, trucking, refrigeration. We're having serious issues right now maintaining continuity there. Disregard this at your own peril. Again, did we think this through? Well, we're saving people from the virus as you're starving people to death. But I thought it was about locking it down or people will die. Did you consider the fact that people could die if they don't have food? Did you think that one through? That's kind of important, yeah. A little bit, Joe, a little bit. Secondly, so now we know that there's a potential danger to the food supply coming. Not here to, uh, this isn't the Drudge Report. I'm not here for 24-hour hysteria. Huh. I'm here to give you the opinion of informed people, again, vested economic interest. We shouldn't discount that either. But informed people in the food industry saying, hey, Someone should pay attention to this. No, no, let's just ignore it. Shut it down because Nancy Pelosi said so. Don't worry, Joe. She's got six weeks of ice cream in her $24,000 fridge. She's okay. Very Ooh, okay. calorie dense ice cream. She could survive for probably has a little calcium in it too to prevent the osteoporosis. So not only is our food supply potentially in danger here. But also our hospital capacity. That's ironic. Hospital, you mean, what are you saying? Our hospital capacity. In other words, our healthcare system's ability mm-hmm. to treat people who are sick and save their lives is yeah. in danger from the coronavirus, not from the coronavirus, from the response to the coronavirus. Not kidding, folks. New yep. York Post today. This is an actual ER physician, I believe in St. Barnabas in New York, 
who has lived through this in the hospital, who has now changed his mind on these lockdowns. I worked the coronavirus front line, New York Post, and I say it's time to start opening up by Daniel G. Murphy. I'm sure the liberals will attack him tomorrow, uh, seek to have him fired. I mean, that's what they do. They're the phoniest, most intolerant frauds out there we've ever seen in the history of humankind. This article will be up in the show notes again, bongito.com slash newsletter. Read it. He has an interesting take. Look at this screenshot from the piece. He, again, he was there on the front lines treating this. He's seen the worst of it from the New York Post piece. He says, secondly, I worry about non-coronavirus care. This is the ER doctor speaking. While the inpatient units remain busy with sick COVID patients, our ER has been quiet for more than a week. We usually average 240 patients a day. For the last week, we averaged fewer than 100. That means our patients in this diverse, low-income community are afraid to come to the ER for non-COVID care. Gotham Wise, talking about New York, the number of 9-11 ambulance runs has declined to 3,300 on April 18th, down from a peak of 6,500 on March 30th, according to the New York Fire Department data. The current nadir is significantly below the average. Again, I thought we were doing data. I thought we were doing science. That data doesn't matter to you. So just to be clear, hospitals are drying up. They're... Mm -hmm emergency care and their elective surgeries where they can actually make money to stay in business. You know, that stuff AOC and the left isn't concerned about because they're socialists, you know, like actual capitalism and generating revenue to pay doctors, janitors, nurses, staff, the lighting bills, the landlord who owns the hospital, that kind of stuff. You know, the stuff that doesn't matter, the unserious crowd on the left, that actually matters in the real world. Since those procedures have dried up, hospitals are now looking at potential bankruptcy. In addition to looking at potential bankruptcy and going out of business so we can't actually treat sick people to save their lives, we're also seeing sick people now afraid to go to the hospital because of the Wuhan virus. Again, to the, you don't want to shut down? You want people to die. I think the whole blood on your hands line is going in a direction the opposite of the one you're accusing us of. Again, have you thought any of this through? I thought again, I thought data mattered. The Tyson Foods, ah, Tyson Foods, he's just being hysterical. Really? He is? You sure about that? You willing to take that chance? No, I'm serious. You willing to take that chance? I'm not. All right, let me move on. I got a lot of content today. Just as uh, an update, election 2020 update. We haven't done that in a little while. Uh this this case against Joe Biden, the allegations by Miss Tara Reid of um, sexual impropriety, in fact, the yeah. sexual assault against her, allegations mm-hmm. against now de facto Democrat nominee Joe Biden are getting serious. I will say, as I've always said, because unlike liberals, I am principled and I mean it, Joe Biden is entitled to the presumption of innocence like anyone else until the evidence proves beyond uh, reasonable doubt if it turns into a criminal trial that he is in fact guilty. I'm not sure it'll get that far, I'm simply suggesting to you, I believe in the rule of law. I believe, believe everyone, no matter what they say, is not the way a constitutional republic and a legal system works. I said this during Kavanaugh. I'll say it now. I will say it till the end of time, regardless of your party affiliation. We don't believe everyone. We believe evidence. Having said that, people have various motives for claiming people did things to them whether it's sexual harassment charges or otherwise. Some are genuine. Unfortunately, some are not. 
I don't know Miss Reed's motives. All I'm suggesting to you is the evidence Miss Reed has is far more significant than the evidence Dr. Christine Blasey Ford had against uh, against Brett Kavanaugh, which was none. Christine Blasey Ford, when she alleged Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her, had anti-evidence. The evidence she suggested she had that her friends had witnessed it, witnessed this activity when they went and interviewed the friends. The friends said they had no idea what she was talking about. In other words, she did not have evidence. She had anti-evidence. Right. Miss Reed alleging a sexual assault by Democratic de facto nominee Joe Biden, former vice president, has actual evidence. A CNN clip has surfaced showing her mother allegedly calling. We can't prove it, but uh, evidence seems pretty, pretty solid at this point. Her mother calling the Larry King show after it happened, indicating that her daughter had been assaulted by a senator. We now have a neighbor who's a Biden supporter. Let me say that again. A Biden supporter, a neighbor of Miss Reed, saying that, she, uh, that, that the neighbor was told about Miss Reed's allegations back when it happened. Again, not anti-evidence like Christine Blasey Ford, real evidence. Where's the media on this, Joe? Nowhere to be found. No, I don't see him. I'll get to that in a minute, how the media is covering. But this is what's fascinating. Again, Joe, neither your mind or Paula's principles on this has changed at all. We believe evidence. You present Mm -hmm. evidence, you deserve your day in court. You don't present evidence. You do not get your day in court. Unfortunately, that is how the legal system works. I don't say, I don't mean unfortunately. I mean, unfortunately for people on the left who want the legal system to be some kind of political tool to attack people. Fortunately, that's how the legal system works. Unfortunately for you. Because you don't like that. Well, look at these frauds. I've got a series of, of videos here, two of them. They're brief. This is Kamala Harris. Senator from California, Democrat, ran for president in a failed campaign. Kamala Harris wants to be Joe Biden's vice presidential nominee. Hat tip to uh, Miss Cortez, Kingsley Cortez on Twitter, and Ryan Savidra sent this to me. This was Kamala Harris uh, months ago, a while ago, when she was still competing against Joe Biden, talking about allegations against Biden where she was like, yeah, you know, we should really take, uh, take these women seriously. She's really quiet about it now, though. Weird. Listen to Kamala Harris. I believe them and I, I respect um, them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. Do you believe that the vice president should enter this race? Oh, I, he's going to have to make that decision for himself. I wouldn't tell him what to do. Oh, OK. Ooh. so she believes them. Do you not believe these women now or misread? You may say, oh, well, she may have been talking about different women, the groper, with the women who were groped and sniffed, those women. She, you don't believe Miss Reed? Why, why not? You're, and believe me, that's your right to do that, Kamala. You don't have to believe her. You may say, oh, listen, she is a lawyer, Kamala Harris. I'm assuming a competent one. She may say, I've evaluated the evidence and I don't believe Miss Reed's telling the truth. Well, come out and say it. Where, where are you? Where are you, Kamala Harris? What about Maisie Hirono? Hat tip Paula for this one. Paula was like, you remember Maisie Hirono from Hawaii with that, when the, when the Kavanaugh allegations came out? Remember Maisie Hirono, Democrat center from right, usually pretty clueless. She came out, stop up, man. Stop up. Kavanaugh, we got to go get him. No evidence. Again, the only people who produced evidence against Kavanaugh produced anti-evidence, evidence that their case wasn't legit. No one ever produced real actual evidence like Miss Reed. 
the phone call to CNN and the neighbor. But here was Maisie Hirono. She was brave back then, Joe. Maisie Hirono, conspicuously quiet now, hasn't commented about this at all. Crazy. Check this out. Guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of actions? It's the men in this country. And I just want to say to the men in this country, just shut up and step up. Do the right thing for a change. Brave, Joe. Tough guy. Tough guy. Yeah. Tough guy. Total tough guy. Tough guy. Total tough guy when it was a political case against Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. And then I heard Chris Hahn last night, who I debate often, not as much anymore, but, and I know Chris. So I, 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 you know, he's not here. So I, but last night he said something on Fox that was just borderline, absolutely ridiculous. I heard Chris. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to have him on for a brief. He said last night, well, the Kavanaugh thing mattered more because it was a lifetime appointment. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm glad we have your principles now. So Joe, just to be clear. Yes. Even though you produce anti-evidence, yeah. You should cover and destroy, cover relentlessly by the media, uh, destroy people's lives and attack them based on charges with no evidence whatsoever on lifetime appointments only. Elections, evidence doesn't matter at all. Mm. If it's an election, not a lifetime appointment for a seat that's only four to eight years, depending on if Joe Biden were reelected or not, if he won Joe, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just want to get that down well, on the record. Yeah, if you I missed don't. it last night, Chris Hahn, he actually said that. I'm not kidding. Doesn't no, no, Kavanaugh right. was different because no. it was a lifetime appointment. Yeah. Okay, that, all right. Let me take a note. Okay. That's weird. There you go. Yeah, crazy, right? That is. That's a weird one. Yeah. As long as we know, as long as we know your principles. I just want to check. Because I guarantee you, if a Democrat were to win the presidency, God forbid, and they nominate someone for the Supreme Court, and these allegations come up for another lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, that principle will change too big. No, no, no. I didn't mean for lifetime appointment. I meant only Republican <laughs> nominees oh, for a lifetime is. appointment. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. All right. Chris, seriously? I know you. But come on, guy. I mean, seriously. That was a really, like, beyond. That was, like, so tragically stupid. I was ashamed when you said it. I thought you used to argue somewhat on principle. Come on, give me a break. You should apologize for that kind of stupidity. All right, uh, I'm going to get this video vibe. Let me just get to my second sponsor. Tuesdays is always a loaded day. Appreciate your patience. We have great sponsors. They really want to be here. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. Huge holiday around this house. What would we do without our moms? I'd be pretty lost. What would I do without the moms sitting over there with my kids? I would be absolutely lost. Remember that time you snuck out and did that thing? So does she, your mom. She knows all my secrets. My poor mom used to torture her, my poor mom. Roses are red. Social distancing makes us blue. Can't be with mom this Mother's Day? Don't worry. We've got you. Books, there you go. Maybe you can give mom a hug, but you can send flowers from the Books Company. Books, you know, that's short for bouquets. Books are responsibly sourced from some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms, even farms on the sides of volcanoes. Their flowers are beautiful, gorgeous. They stay fresher, longer. You know, flowers and plants have been proven to reduce stress and boost productivity. Now that we're spending more time at home, how about a little self-love to brighten your day and your space? Big savings mean you can send farm-fresh flowers, plants, and gift bundles all to the moms in your life, your mom, soon-to-be mom, your wife, your grandma, your dog's mom, or treat yourself. The Books Company is a nationwide and offers next as well as same day delivery. They even have flower uh, they even have flower subscriptions. The Books Company works with some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms and because our flowers are sourced directly, they offer fresher and uh, the flowers arrive fresher and they live longer. They are beautiful. Send smiles no matter what. The miles with books.com/bongino. That's books. 
B-O-U-Q-S.com slash Bongino and enter code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O for 25% off your entire order. I promise you these flowers are beautiful, beautiful flowers. Brighten up someone's day. Again, that's code Bongino for 25% off at books.com slash Bongino, B-O-U-Q-S.com slash Bongino. Go today. Put a smile on someone's face, books.com. Okay. Getting back to our part. So again, you know, where Kamala Harris and Maisie Hirono are now, you know, so brave, Joe, so brave. Um, the answer is they're nowhere. They're not going to comment because they don't have principles. They don't actually believe in this. Me too. They only believe me too for Republicans. Right, as right. Chris Hahn seemed to say, only for lifetime appointments, which was absurd. Here is Biden yesterday, their de facto nominee for the Democrat Party, who again, cannot seem to give an interview not just without screwing something up, Joe, but without saying something so ridiculous. When he keep in mind, that's when he even completes the thought. Yeah, it's so bad. He he not only forgets what he was saying, he forgets he's being interviewed at times. Listen, this is fair game. <laughs> yeah, the man's cognitive abilities are entirely in play. We're going to be giving this guy the nuclear codes. He doesn't even know he's being interviewed half the time. Here is another interview yesterday. That I, I don't even know what to say about this flub. Here's a brief clip of him being interviewed. He's talking about economic activity around the globe recovering use listen to the word he uses to this you know just listen i can't even this this is so bad check this out i would i would get much more engaged in the world we can't step back if in fact for example we solve the problem in the united states of america and you don't solve it other parts of the world you know what's going to happen we're going to have you're going to have travel bans you're going to not be able to do have have economic intercourse around the world there's a lot look when America goes alone, when, when America is first, it's America alone. I ain't touching that. I am not touching that, dude. No. Moving on. Moving on. In the interest of staying that. on the air. Please. It's tempting. Uh, Please. Joe's knows exactly. Josie, Joe's getting very sensitive <laughs> to the stuff, which I like. Okay. Daddy. Um, Paula made a joke to me this morning about that. I will leave for another day on a maybe unfriendly, friendly version of the show. So Joe's concerned about economics. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just, I wonder how many people are thinking up a punchline right now and just aren't going to say it. You know, every, whoa. He's concerned about economic intercourse. Oh, daddy. Joe, listen, yeah. the president screws things up. Yeah. Every Obama sure. said there were 57 states. Yeah. Bush always used to flub that line. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on <laughs> me. You remember, Bush could never get that right. Every I have flubbed things. I've flubbed things on the show once or twice a week. We have to make this guy cannot get out of a darn interview without saying something ridiculous. <laughs> he cannot make intercourse. <laughs> I shouldn't have played that because it's gonna. Just, now I'm gonna be crying the whole show. I can. All right, on a more serious note, <sighs> because okay. Biden is, it's now a binary choice. It appears if Biden doesn't drop out because of these allegations, which I don't think he will, even though these allegations are getting serious. Look at that. Still, my sleeve is wet. There's <laughs> <laughs> a big like stain on my shirt. Go to YouTube and check. That's my tears. I can't stop laughing. He's <sighs> Biden. I can't, he can't get out of his own way. There, are, there is a serious choice to be made, obviously. Yeah. It's now between President Trump and Joe Biden. If, again, if he doesn't drop out. 
I just want to bring up one simple thing before I move on to the Spygate stuff and other stuff. I got some really explosive stuff here. But here was President Trump yesterday, a great soundbite from the Rose Garden. He cannot say this enough. I love when he says this. He built it once and we will build it again. We will fix this economy. We get through this. Check this out. It's quick. People have stepped up to the plate. I think we're going to have a, a really good, I think it's going to start building. I think it's going to build fast. I think it'll be a tremendous, tremendous comeback. And, you know, so I say I built the greatest economy with all of the people that helped me and all of the people in this country. We built the greatest economy the world has ever seen. And we're going to do it again. Yes, yes, yes. On a deadly serious note. Yes. Thank you, Mr. President. I mean it. You need to be optimistic. And when you say that, you're doing a great job at doing it. Americans are really looking for some note of optimism. You go to the Drudge Report, cable news, it's 24-hour hysteria. Really, I've seen some of it change. I was watching this morning, Stu Varney was on Fox, had a note of optimism. Goldman Sachs apparently just put out a a report, I don't know if you all saw it, saying, listen, the stock market may not take as much of a, this is them, not not me, I'm just putting it, but may not take as much of a dive because people have already discounted the value of this and are thinking more long-term right now for recovery. Folks, there are some optimistic notes that their states are opening up. Business may be getting somewhat back to some semblance of normality. We can't have 24-hour hysteria. Human beings are conditioned to deal with stress, Joe. Not constant stress 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're just not. The body breaks down. Cortisol levels, adrenaline, they elevate. These are these breakdown muscle tissue, everything. You're not designed for that. It is time for a note of optimism. It's time to pivot. From making these briefings about primarily the coronavirus to making these briefings primarily about your optimistic economic message going forward. And I wanted to bring that up because, one, it's a great message. We will build it again. That's a darn great message. But secondly, what's Joe Biden's message? I want to ask a question to the liberals, and I mean this because we have liberal listeners. I get their nasty grips. Please explain to me how Trump's economic vision, cut taxes, more economic freedom, hopefully get a control on our spending soon. He's talked about it before, but we haven't done it. He hasn't. We better do it now. We're out of control with the spending. But we get his vision now. Deregulate, Joe. More economic freedom. More decision-making freedom through deregulation. What's Biden's vision? We know that. I don't have to guess. Neither do you. He's already articulated his vision. Economic intercourse. And economic intercourse through Joe Biden means what, Joe? It means elevating your taxes and bigger government and more regulation. I'm just asking you to our liberal friends, please explain to me how Joe Biden's vision of upping your taxes and increasing regulations is going to grow us out of this. I'll wait. No, I'll wait. The Democrats who are now, just to be clear, are now signing on to trillion dollar spending packages. Do you see how this message, Joe, is a little weird? Follow me. You are the audience's referee. Sure. So your message, the Democrats and Joe Biden are, the government should spend trillions of dollars to give to people to rescue businesses, while when Joe Biden's uh, elected as president, to then go take that money back through higher taxes? Um, Again, I'll wait for your explanation of how that's coherent. Anyone? Does anyone want to volunteer an explanation of how that is? So Democrats, we need the government to spend trillions on the economy. Pelosi's arguing now for phase four. Enough. No more phases. We're done. You're arguing for. So government should spend money. In other words, give people's money. They already took in taxes back to them because there's no money for it. Right. I'm just Mm. again doing logic here. 
But Joe Biden's plan for economic recovery is to what? Take the same money the government, the Democrats want to give to people and Republicans too. I want to be fair. Republicans mm-hmm. have signed yeah. on to these tremulous, um, stimulus or uh, porculous bills too. But unlike the Democrats, the Republicans, at least the president, I believe understands economic freedom will get us out of this and giving people more money, not taking it away. Uh, does that make sense? How does Joe Biden's bizarro world economic intercourse theory make any sense? Doesn't. I, I, can anyone explain that to me? We need to give people more of their money back. Joe Biden, we need to take more of that money away. What is it? What is that? Is that not a fair question? Of course it is. You know you can't answer it because you're a lib. You don't answer questions. You're an emotion. You're, you're busy telling me I'm a racist right now or a homophobe, a transophobe, or an istophobic, phobophobic, phobic, xenophobe. Misog- That's all you do. It's your answer mm-hmm. to every question. You want to give people their tax dollars back through government porculus bills, and then you want to tax it back later. Why not just let them keep it in the first place? Uh, uh. Stop. You're asking me complicated questions I haven't really thought through because you don't think through anything. You're a liberal. You don't actually have to think. We'll do the thinking for you. All right. I've got some killer Spygate stuff. Hat tip 279. The great 279 and the great Margot Cleveland, who we cite extensively in my new book, by the way, because her stuff is just great at the Federalist. It's really my new book. I'm not is really, really, really. I know self-praise things, but it's really good. And it's written in like distinct chapters that each are like separate books themselves. You're going to dig it. Right, Paula? Did I not tell you last night? Some of the books, I'm like, I have to get some edits done. And this one's turning out to be quite a doozy. So you're going to like, there's a chapter on what I'm going to talk about next. Let me get to my uh, sponsor. I appreciate again your patience. Mother's Day coming up. The Pearl Source. The Pearl Source. The Pearl Source. Jewelry is one of the most popular gifts you can get for Mother's Day. And there's good reason for it. You can rarely go wrong. Especially if you're going with the classics. Paula is a huge fan of pearls. I'm getting them from the pearl source. My daughter handed me her list yesterday. I had a stick in my room. It's serious. She's laughing back. She knows it's true. And there is nothing more classic you can see on the screen. They got a great deal coming now. The pearl source. There's nothing more classic and timeless than fine pearl jewelry, which doesn't need to break your budget. At the pearl source, you can get the highest quality pearl jewelry up to 70% off retail. Why? Because the pearl source cuts out the middleman and eliminates traditional five times markups by jewelry stores and sells directly to you, the consumer. Your local jewelry store is closed. Shop safely and securely from the comfort of your home at the Pearl Source. You'll find the largest selection of pearls available anywhere. Each jewelry piece is custom made for you. Can't beat that. Customize your jewelry based on pearl size, quality, gold type, length, and many more choices. Mother's Day is May 10th. Do not wait. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two-day shipping on every order with zero contact delivery. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box, so it's ready to be given as a gift. Not sure if she'll love your gift? No worries. The Pearl Source comes with a no-hassle, 60-day money-back guarantee, so it's risk-free. Plus, with more than 20 years in the Pearl business and 7,000 five-star reviews, you can be sure you're shopping from a trusted retailer. Has your mom been quarantining safely at home for the past month? Has your wife been working hard with the children? Tell them you love them, appreciate them with a beautiful Pearl jewelry from The Pearl Source. Don't overpay for jewelry. Go to The Pearl Source, save up to 70% off retail. And for a limited time, listeners to my show can take 20% off your entire order for Mother's Day. Go to The pearlsource.com slash Dan. Don't forget the the. Thepearlsource.com slash Dan. Enter promo code Dan at checkout for 20% off the entire order. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices online, then go straight to the source, the pearl source. Thepearlsource.com 
slash Dan. Use promo code Dan at checkout. Thanks to Pearl Source for joining the show. All right. So this Spygate stuff gets more interesting by the day. And uh, I have some really great sources out there. And I've been able to put a lot of the sources together and, you know, make economic intercourse, that kind of thing. And and fabric oh. and, 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 and really make a, a, a more, a generally good mosaic of what's going on. One of the things I've been telling about the Spygate scheme the whole time is the FBI, the upper echelon, I'm not talking about the lower level field guys and, that I've worked with. I'm talking about the upper echelon involved in the scandal against Trump. They're lying to you. It's a hoax. They keep telling you, they keep insisting to you, and they will not let this go. Christopher Ray, the director now, has been an abomination. This guy's not interested in reform, and Comey was an obvious abomination. There's some threat out there that Comey's like a white hat. That's insane. Comey knew in January of 2017 this case was a hoax and kept going. But they will not give up their story, Joe, that they started this case and their entire case and their entire spying operation against Donald Trump was based on what? The dossier. Right. They won't give it up because the dossier is fake. And the FBI does not want to admit they spied on the president of the United States and his campaign on a fake document they all got hosed by willingly. So they keep telling people, no, no, we started this case because the Australians tipped us off about this meeting with Papadopoulos and Downer. We got the tip in July and we opened the case July 31st. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a hoax. It is a hoax. I, I cannot be more clear on this, how important this point is. The Bureau, the Obama administration, the CIA, everyone needs to maintain this patina of, of truth here that, oh, no, we did not do this because of the dossier. We did it because of Papadopoulos and the tip. The tip from Downer that Papadopoulos told him about these Russian emails. That is not what started the case. It was always about the dossier. Evidence mounts by the day. This story is a total hoax. This Papadopoulos story. Let's produce, I haven't said it in a while, Paul. let's produce some receipts. Ah, Paula hates that. She, some lady emailed me, uh, she was really nice. She said, your wife worn out. She hates the term receipts and you haven't used it. I'll bring it back just for today. Here's the evidence <laughs> for those of you who hate the word receipts. So let's go to our friend 279. This is his handwriting. Again, keep in mind what we're talking about. The Bureau keeps saying, when we opened the case on July 31st, we didn't do it because of the dossier. We didn't even get the dossier until September, you fools. Huh. Well, here are three dossier reports. Remember, there's a, there's a series of memorandums that compose the dossier. There's only one of them that's not dated. This is fascinating. So report number 94, Joe, comes in July 19th of 2016, just a week and a half before they open up the case. Report number 97 comes in July 30th, 2016, the day before they open up the case. But report number 95, which is really damning, Report 95, which seems to indicate that Carter Page is a key figure Russian uh, with the Russians, this foreign policy advisor for Trump, that he's the key figure in this scandal. That's in report number 95. It's not dated, as you can see from 279's handwriting there. Mm -hmm. For those listening on audio, I just told you everything you need to know. Why is report number 95, which lays out the whole scheme that the FBI based their case on, that Carter Page is their guy, why is that not dated? Well, there are some suspicions out there by many, including our good friend uh, Undercover Huber on Twitter, that the date of that report is in fact July 28th. Oh, why would that matter? July 28th. 
because a whole bunch of stuff, ladies and gentlemen, happens the week of uh, the week of July twenty eighth, where um, where that day falls. I believe it's a Thursday. A whole bunch of stuff, including that Sunday, which technically be the following week, July thirty first, where the FBI opens up the Crossfire Hurricane case to spy on Trump. I thought they didn't open it up because of the dossier. Is that why they wiped the day clean? Don't say it came out the week of. Don't say this report about Page came out the week of. Then they can't blame us for opening the case because of the report we said we didn't have. There you go, genius. Well, you may say, Dan, none of that's new. You addressed the suspiciously undated report number 95 last week. I did. Well, what else happened on July 28th? Because remember, I'm suggesting to you now that that report whether it was dated July 28th or made it to the FBI on July 28th. I'm suggesting you the reason the date was wiped is because the FBI doesn't want you to know they got it before they opened up the case because they want to keep pretending it had nothing to do with it. You get it? That's why they wiped the date clean? Mm -hmm. Well, what else happened on July 28th? Let's go to an older piece from the Epic Times by the great Jeff Carlson, one of the finest Spygate reporters out there where he brings up this interesting little tidbit about this July 28th date, where I'm pretty sure that report surfaced and that's what was the spark that lit the Spygate case. No, no, we did it because of Papadopoulos. Sure. Jeff Carlson, this is uh, from March of 2019, was updated last, excuse me, March in 2019. Clinton campaign relied on former spies' web of connections to frame Trump. How Steele and Fusion GPS used their connections to spread the Trump dossier. Well, remember, the Bureau said they didn't have the dossier until September. Couldn't have opened up the case because of that, because we didn't even get it till September, and that's after July, and we opened the case in July. Well, let's go to this piece. There's just this really incredible little tidbit here. Gaeta, who's an FBI agent in London, had known Steele since at least 2010, when Steele provided assistance in the FIFA probe. Gaeta was identified as Steele's FBI handler in a July 16, 2018 congressional testimony by Lisa Page who was this FBI deputy director, uh, Andrew McCabe's special counsel. The FBI first received the reports that are known as the dossier from an FBI agent who was Christopher Steele's handler, Lisa Page told lawmakers, according to a transcript that has not been publicly released, but was reviewed for this article. Mm. Wow. So just to be clear, the FBI, again, we didn't get these reports until September 19th. But we opened up a case in July, so we couldn't have opened up the case. Now we find out that the guy who allegedly wrote the report, Steele, had a long-known FBI handler, a guy named Gaeta, FBI agent Gaeta, who worked in London, who was meeting with Steele in early July. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you didn't get the reports until September. This is one of those situations, Joe, I know you being a uh, hands-on kind of dirt under the fingernails guy. You ever heard this expression in your life? I got a guy for that. Hmm. You know, your plumbing oh, breaks. Yeah. I got a guy. You know, everybody knows a guy, right? Uh, Middle-class people got a guy. Uh, really wealthy folks don't have that. They have one guy who goes and finds the other guys. They have like a, yeah. a house hand or something, right? Right. They don't worry about it. But people like who work for a living, you know, like I'm not saying rich people didn't work for them. I'm just saying people who are still in the mix like we are. We always have to find the guy. Matter of fact, me and Paula do it all the time because stuff breaks around this house pretty much every day. And we had a gutter problem yesterday. Paula's like, you got that guy? I'm like, I got the guy. Gutter professionals. I got the guy. I'm not even messing with you. I had to go get the guy. So that happens in my experience in 12 years in law enforcement, too, folks. I don't mean it in a bad way. 
But when you need something, you got a guy. You work in a counterfeit case when I was a Secret Service agent. You work in it at a Hawaiian dance, Long Island. I got a guy, got a source over there. And he's, you know, Joe kind of knows the in and outs of the community, if you know what I mean. I don't know that guy. Yeah. His name's usually like CeeLo or Tone or something like that. Uh-huh. Everybody's got like a CeeLo or Tone. You and your cops out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Your buddy Jonesy or something. Everybody's got one of those. I got a guy. What does that have to do with what I'm talking about here? Well, in July of 2016, when the FBI swears, hey, man, we don't know anything about this steel stuff. We didn't hear it until September. This guy, Gaeta from London, who knows steel, he was his handler, this FBI agent who already knows Christopher Steele, who wrote the reports the FBI says they don't have. You think it's possible that Gaeta communicates with the New York field office headquarters? I got a guy. I got CeeLo. I got a guy. Because someone else had a guy, too. Remember, we don't have anything in July. We didn't get it till September. They had a guy in July. Let's go to the incredible Margot Cleveland, her great work at the Fed. This is an older piece, but again, worth your time. What else happened on July 28th, where Gata's guy magically shows up? Steel. Margot Cleveland from March of 2020. Leak of Crossfire Hurricane Agent's identity to New York Times suggests there's more to come. There was a leak in the New York Times by the absolutely hapless Adam Goldman, Spygate uh, media colluder, or as Margot Cleveland calls him, a Spygate denier, which I love. Yeah, he's a, he's a hapless media hack, that guy. Uh, you know that, though, from listening to the show, Spygate denier. What is she writing this piece about what else happened on July 28th when the FBI swearing they had no access to Steele's dossier because their team didn't get it until September? Let's go to this takeaway from Margot Cleveland's piece. So remember, Joe, Gata's got a guy. The FBI is in London. He's got Steele. Mm-hmm. Quote, the New York field office received Steele's reporting in July. In July? What? I thought the FBI didn't get it till September. When Steele's FBI handler, Agent Michael Gata, on July 28th, the alleged date of Report 95, sent Steele's first two memos to the ASAC of the New York field office. While the ASAC, the boss, assured Gator the reports would be walled off from agents in the office, Joe, <laughs> might Soma nonetheless have known of Steele's reporting? Why was it that he was so anxious to obtain a FISA warrant on page? Little background here, little confusing mm. today, but again, yeah, death yeah. worth your time. So who's Stephen Soma in the New York field office? Stephen Soma, Joe, he's got a CeeLo too. He's got a guy. You know, Gator's got a guy, uh, Steele. I got a guy. He's yeah. got information. I got a guy. Soma in the New York field office, another agent. He's got a guy. You know who he handles? His guy? He's the handler for Stefan Halper. Oh, the guy who's been <laughs> spying on the Trump team? That guy? Stefan Halper. The walrus? Remember him? The one who spied on Papadopoulos and Page and tried to get information to him about a Russian collusion scandal that wasn't happening? Yes, that guy. So this is just weird. How Gata's got a guy, Steele. Steele's talking to him in July when the Bureau's saying, we don't have any of this Steele stuff. Gata sends the reports from Steele on July 28th, which I'm pretty confident is report number 95's date, which lays this all out in the dossier. On July 28th, sends it to the FBI office in New York where another guy, Soma, who's got a guy, 
And his handling helper, those reports magically appear, but don't worry, Joe, they were walled off from the agents. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This gets a little better. So let's go to another screen cap here from Margot Cleveland's piece, which is so good. So good. Here we have to remember the incestuous relationship at play. Soma worked in the counterintelligence division at the New York field office and served as Stefan Halper's longtime handler. He's got a guy. Besides being a confidential human source for the Bureau, Halper maintained an academic position at Cambridge where he ran an intelligence seminar with Sir Richard Dearlove, Steele's former boss. Whoa. Soma, along with two other FBI agents, spoke at the seminar about the FBI and Russian illegals. <laughs> this is great. Don't lose where we are. Right. Don't let me overcomplicate this, as sometimes I have a tendency to do, because I love deets. I love details. Remember what I told you. The Bureau. We didn't start this case because of a dossier that's fake. We started because we got a legitimate tip from the Australians about Papadopoulos and Downer. Really? So now we know a dossier that mysteriously now is undated, which probably appeared on July 28th, was written by a guy named Christopher Steele, who was being handled by a London FBI agent who used to work in the New York field office with a guy handling a spy, Stefan Halper, spying on the Trump team. That same guy worked for Dear Love, who was partners at Cambridge with Stefan Halper. This chapter of my book is going mm. to cook your bagels. Cook them, not bake them. Cook them. Ladies and gentlemen, they all know each other. What am I telling yeah. you? This is garbage. They all knew each other. Gata's like, I got a guy, Steele, saying things about this guy, Carter Page. This guy, Soma, New York's probably like, hey, I got a guy too. This guy, Halper's got some information about Page too. I got a report about it. Hey, wipe that report day clean. We got to tell people we got it in September. That week of July 28th, man, a lot of serious stuff's going down. Now, remember... The FBI's defense here, for those of you who are sophisticated, is going to be like, okay, well, the New York field office had Steele's information about the dossier, but no one on the Crossfire Hurricane team, which was in headquarters, that was investigating, they didn't have it on July 28th. Dan, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I always come with the evidence, folks. Every single time. Hat tip, 279er, the legend. He's not a myth. He's the real McCoy. Here's testimony from Lisa Page actually working on the headquarters team, Crossfire Hurricane team, sworn testimony in front of former Congressman Trey Gowdy. Oh, what a gem the 279er picked out here. He's, she's asked Lisa Page, FBI lawyer in D.C., about when they got a hold of this dossier and steal information that the FBI is swearing they didn't get till September. No, 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 no. We didn't get it till September. So Gowdy says, July 31st was a Sunday. You are correct. This page is talking about this meeting and when they opened up the case. And then Lisa Page says this. And so he, talking about Peter Stroke, the guy who opened up the case, went in on July 31st because we were like, holy cow, this is a big deal. And we're all very stressed about it. And so I think we learned about the case on a Friday or a Thursday or a Friday. I can't remember now. Um, I can do the math, but, you know, I'm a lawyer. Trey Gowdy onto this scam says, you mean the 28th? Page says, thanks. Gowdy says, you learned about it on the 28th? 
Lisa Page. Right. Thank you. <laughs> receipts, receipts, receipts. She just admitted to it under oath. Do you understand why that matters? This is not a hang up about a date. This is a hang up about the whole. We can never, ever, and I mean this, and believe me to my brothers and sisters in blue out there, it pains me to say this. We can never establish trust again with our, our FBI and the bureaucracy that runs it ever until they come clean and admit this case the entire time was about a fake dossier that a guy who had a guy told you about who told another guy who was handling Halper. Just be honest. Your guy in London said, hey, I got a guy. He's got some information. It was all fake. A guy in New York said, hey, I got a guy too. He seems to have the same information. This guy Halper. They obviously connected. The information made its way to D.C. on July 28th. You just heard her say it. Right. Thank you. July 28th. Yeah, right. She's confirming it right there. It made its way July 28th, and they open up the case three days later. It's obvious. This is all about. Just say it. Just come out and take a bath. Just say it. Just admit this thing was a hoax and a fake the whole time. It was all about you the whole time and your fake dossier and you guys made it up. Fire everyone involved. If anyone lied on the road, they need to go to jail and just clean house and stop with this stupid story. You started it because of Papadopoulos. It's just not true. And you may want to acknowledge while we're at it, by the way, that the Hillary Clinton campaign knew about it. We have the video. I'll get to that after this. Just quick, our last break. I want to get to showing you Hillary knew about this the whole time in her team. All right, finally, today's show brought to you by friends at uh, Harry's. Harry's, Harry's Razors, who Joe was a big fan of Harry's. I just found Harry's about two years mm-hmm. ago. And thankfully I did because I was using another brand that I had to shave twice a day. I was getting horrendous razor burn on my face. Once in the morning for this show, once at night to go on Fox, which was driving me wild. Not with Harry's. It is the closest shave you've ever seen. Now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. Stop wasting your money. Harry's knows that sometimes you're going to need a quality razor at a good price, and it's better to stay inside sometimes. That's why they ship directly to you. You can experience the quality of a Harry's meticulous close shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. Like I said, I love it because I only have to shave once. It's that, and the, the blades for me last a really long time. They're that good. Join the 10 million who've tried Harry's. Claim your special trial offer by going to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash Bongino. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Stop wasting money. They cut the middleman out. They manufacture the blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on a schedule with or without a subscription. You could feel good about your purchase. They have a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. 1% of proceeds also are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's, their beautiful Harry's trial set, by the way. This makes a great gift, too. It's good for you, good for a gift. At harrys.com slash Bongino. Here's what you'll get. A weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Closest shave you'll ever get. Rich, lathering, moist shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to stop those nicks on the razor, keep it dry, and make it easy to grab on the go. 
Go to harrys.com slash Bongino. Start shaving better today. Get a better shave. Save money. Get it delivered to your door. You can't beat that combo. Harrys.com slash Bongino. Start shaving better today. All right, so I think we've made the pretty conclusive case here that this is all nonsense. The whole, this is just come clean. Just do what corporate boards have to do when they get a lot of bad business news. They do this thing called they take a bath. They pile all the bad news into one quarter. They let the stock price take a hit, and then they come back and rebuild it. Just stop lying. You had the information at the latest on July 28th. You've admitted to it. You started the case because of the dossier, because you had two agents who had guys who had information in the dossier you wanted to use, despite the fact that you didn't verify it. That is the story. And stop pretending the information your guy who had a guy had that was fake wasn't the same information paid for by Hillary. Here's Robbie Mook. I can't play this enough. Hillary Clinton's campaign director, campaign manager, whatever he was, some upper echelon guy in the Hillary campaign on CNN the same week of July 28, 2016, talking about stuff that's only in the dossier. How did they not know? Check this out. What's disturbing to us is that we uh, experts are telling us that uh, Russian state actors broke into the DNC, stole these emails, and uh, other experts are now saying that they are the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. I don't think it's coincidental that these emails were released uh, on the eve of our convention. That's Hillary's guy. The same week of the mysterious dossier report number 95, which is magically not dated. The only one. It's not dated because it's right around July 28th. That's what started this. And they got it from one of their FBI guys who had a guy and another guy who had a guy who both told the same story, even though it was fake. Halper and Steele, who were being handled by two bureau agents. Gosh, so many suckers out there. Adam Goldman at the New York Times. Are you not interested in this? Does any of this bother you? My gosh, Maggie Haberman, Natasha Bertrand, Fusion Ken Delanian. Are you at all interested in the truth here? Does that Lisa Page testimony? Yeah, we got it on July 28th. Right, thank you. That You're not curious about that at all? I thought you said you got it in September. You didn't hear, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. Disappointing. All right, um, this is some, um, and forgive me for our uh, audio only listeners, but I want you to listen here on the audio because the, the, the audio is, Almost better than the video here. Uh, this is just quick. I, I rarely yeah. do these types of stories, but in light of the Wuhan virus and everything going on, the, you know, economic issues and everything, r- news stories are getting lost. Significant ones. The Spygate one I just told you about. But Joe, amazingly, the FBI, yeah. I mean, excuse me, not the FBI, I'm stuck in Spygate mode. The Pentagon yesterday confirmed the existence of UFOs. Okay. Not aliens, UFO unidentified right. flying out. We don't know Just what it difference. was. It was unidentified. Right. I, we don't, yeah, it was a big difference. You, I'm, some people believe in aliens, some don't. I'm not getting into that debate. I'm simply suggesting the confirm the existence of unidentified flying objects, flying identified uh, flying objects that have been un- unidentified. That's mm-hmm. all I'm is was confirmed yesterday by the Pentagon. Some of this video I'm about to show you, it's about a minute. It's been out there for years, but listen to the audio too. These are military pilots looking at unidentified objects in the sky, seemingly defying gravity and the laws of physics. The video, go to the video too, youtube.com slash Bongino, if you want to check out our video. Watch this, but listen to the audio to these pilots. It's about a minute long. It's actually three separate incidents. The Pentagon has now confirmed yesterday, this is real. And you probably haven't even 
heard about. I'm not messing with you. Check this out. This is real. This is real. The Pentagon has said this is legitimate. Check this out. Hey, this is going on, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the NSA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, I think, dude. It's not an LNS though, is it? It's not. I do, but I don't know. Well, if there's a good thing, it's rotating. Nickel 6-1 Tango, project on it. Oh, good! Roger, uh, there's a shooting to the right here. Can you box moving target? No, I took an auto track. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, dude. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa. Listen, I'll leave it to you. My audience is very smart to speculate on what you think that may or may not have been. I'm just leaving it to this. These are trained pilots. These are not like, you know, some fly-by-night operation, a guy who saw a speck on a telescope and thought he found a new planet. These are trained pilots up in the air all the time who are watching. These are three separate incidents, by the way. These objects, one guy says in the beginning, this thing was flying against a 120-knot wind and was seemingly smoking this plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seems to defy a lot of what we know about flight aerodynamics. I'm just throwing that out there. That came out yesterday and amazingly received almost, I saw a story on Fox this morning, but I've seen very little coverage of that. Joe, kind of a big story, no? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. A little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Again, they confirm the existence of flying objects that are unidentified, otherwise known as UFOs. Many years spent denying it. Yeah, many years. Uh, yes, over yeah. and now we know those those vi those videos were out there. Mm -hmm. That's why I say like you're right. Joe's right. A lot of these videos they were like, well, we don't know what that. Yeah. Now Pentagon's like, no, nah, that's legit. That was really us. Those videos aren't fake. <laughs> Holy Moses! Huge story, yes, sir. All right, I can't go a day without a. Am I on track here? I am good. Uh, media madness segment. So I said to you about the, the Biden Kavanaugh thing. You know, the media we have to call out their nonsense. It's important, ladies and gentlemen, because I want to. One, show you you're not wasting your time here, but two, I need to show you and the liberals that watch the show that the media is not actually doing actual journalism. It's all Pravda-like propaganda nonsense. So I saw this uh, hat tip John Levine, uh, I think from the New York Post on Twitter. I saw this this morning. Here are two headlines about how the Washington Post, remember, Joe, democracy dies in the darkness. That's the Washington Post <laughs> tagline. Yeah. They don't tell you they are the darkness. Here's how they handled the Kavanaugh evidence-free allegations against Supreme Court, now Justice Brett Kavanaugh, when he was accused without any evidence of a sexual assault. Here was the Washington Post headline. Explosive new allegations against Kavanaugh demand a full investigation now. Uh, keep in mind, these allegations were without any evidence whatsoever. But, Joe, the Washington Post, because democracy dies in the darkness, buddy. Yeah, yeah. They demanded a full investigation now. So now we have these uh -huh. Biden allegations surfaced by Miss Tara Reid with a lot of evidence to back it up in contrast to the anti-evidence Kavanaugh. And before I put this up, wait, I see it's just getting itchy on the trigger finger. I saw that. She's getting ready to go. The headline here is one of the Joe. It's making its comeback. It's one of the 
Republicans pounce. It's not about Biden. The story at the Washington Post now is not demanding an investigation or even about the allegations. It's about the Republican response to the allegation. Oh, yeah. Remember okay. Republicans pounce? Put this up. Yeah. Check I this I out. Here we go, Joe. Of course, the Washington Post, you it's a tough democracy dies in the dark. Of course, they're demanding an investigation against Biden. No, here's the story. Trump allies highlight new claims regarding allegations against Biden. Republicans pounce, folks. Republicans pounce. It's not demanding an investigation. It's about, this is what they do every time these sleazebags at the Washington Post blog. It's only, a, it's a, it's, it, that's an insult, actually, to blogs, because there are some good blogs. This is a slog, a sloppy blog. At the Washington Post slog, what they do is, because they don't want to write about the credible allegations against Biden, they don't want to write about it because mm -hmm. they're Democrat activists. Watch, it's not a journalism outlet. They're not demanding an investigation like they did on Kavanaugh. What they write about is they write about how the Republicans respond to it. Trump allies pouncing. Pou In other words, making it what? Why are they doing that? Come on. Think that, I know you got this. You got this, my beloved audience. You got this. Why? Why do they write it like that? Because the evidence in the case at this point looks damning. And if they were right a straight news story about the evidence, Biden could look guilty and that would hurt their political cause. So in order to make it seem like they're not being political about it, they make it appear, Joe, that the other side is playing politics. And this isn't yeah. really about the case. It's about Republicans playing politics with it. Hence the Republicans pounce headlines. You get it? Yep. In other words- we were going to write about this, but the Republicans are pouncing on it. Therefore, this can't be legitimate. Trump allies, it's always Republicans pounce. In other words, what they're doing, politicizing a story, they're blaming you for. Does that make sense? Yeah. You'll see once you mm -hmm. learn to pick out Republican pounce headlines, you will see them everywhere. This is not journalism. This is Pravda-like Soviet Union type nonsense. The tech tyrants and the journalism outfits. Embarrassing. Um, just one quick uh, video of you talking about, again, media madness. This is quite possibly the dumbest question I have ever heard in my life. It's short. Asked yesterday in the White House press conference in the Rose Garden by the always embarrassing Olivia Nuzzi, uh, who asked the president of the United States, uh, I'll just play, this is just, this is defies explanation. Check this out. If an American president loses more Americans over the course of six weeks than died in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? What? That's a serious question. Mm. If an American president loses more people to this basically Wuhan virus in the course of these, this, these weeks than they did in the Vietnam War, should he be reelected? Keep in mind, these are from the same media knuckleheads who when people like Bill Bennett and others, noted conservative Bill Bennett, former education secretary under Reagan, compared the death toll from the flu, a virus, to another virus, the coronavirus. Everybody said, you can't do that, you dopey hack. You can't do that. You're diminishing the coronavirus. So Joe, just to be clear, media principles, don't mm -hmm. dare compare anything to the coronavirus. This is a unique event in human history. Trump's responsible. Until it's advantageous for them to make comparisons yep. even more ridiculous. The Vietnam War and the casualties. And don't dare. I lost someone in the Vietnam War. Someone in our family. It changed our entire mm -hmm. life. It has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Nothing. Nothing. So comparisons to other viruses, Joe, 
a medical response and the such, no good. Because we lose a lot of people from the flu Mm -hmm. and then it will not make Trump look bad. They want to make Trump look bad. So they want to make it out like no virus ever has done what this this virus has done and Trump uniquely screwed this up. But Olivia Nuzzi, numbskull, is comparing it to the Vietnam War. Two crises that have absolutely nothing in common whatsoever and suggesting Trump uniquely failed based on that comparison. But other comparisons to actual viruses, no good. Total madness. Total, total madness. All right, I had two stories left in the hopper I'll have to get to tomorrow. One is important. Uh, Don't miss it. Tomorrow's show, John Roberts from the Supreme Court uh, is just turned himself into a farce. He's just a joke. He is rapidly the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, I should say. That's his actual title. Has turned out to be a laughing stock. He is like a crying child afraid of the left-wing media, and he lets you down again. He blew it. You may not have heard a lot about it. I'll get to that tomorrow. It's going to require a little bit of an explanation. And I want to get to Comey as well, for those of you, because uh, there's this thread out there emerging. that Comey it might have been a white hat, a good guy. No. No, he wasn't. We'll produce some evidence tomorrow on that. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my YouTube show, youtube.com slash Bongino, youtube.com slash Bongino. It's free. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can also subscribe to the audio show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks a lot. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.